the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He says, if you keep my commandments, it'll go well with you and with your children. And you'll live long in the land. It'll just go well with you. You do what I tell you to do. Again, people think that the commands restrict us. The commands hold us back. When really God is saying, no, I'm I'm giving you these commands so you can experience a good life, a happy life, so that things will go well with you and with your children. Parents want the best for their children. They want them to grow up to live full and rich lives. Well, in today's message, Pastor Dan reminds you that God, your Heavenly Father, wants the same for you. He explains that God gives you guidelines for life so that things will go well with you. His commands aren't meant to punish you or keep you from experiencing fun things. You see, God knows that your best life is one lived in harmony with Him. Pastor Dan shared that you get to decide what kind of life you'll choose. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. talking about just kind of, you know, universal truths here that are true for everyone. If, if a person chooses to live a life that, that's contrary to God's word, it's contrary to God's morals, they are inviting hardship. Whether they're a believer or not, whether they know the Bible or not, if they're just choosing to live in a way that is contrary to what God says is the right way to live, they're just inviting hardship and heartache into their life or into her life. You know, in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1, or verse 11, it says, Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for they will get exactly what they deserve. person who lives a wicked life, they're going to get exactly what they deserve. And again, I'm talking about in this life, generally speaking, person who lives a wicked life gets exactly what they deserve. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And again, this is true for a believer or non-believer. This isn't just Christian principles. I mean, this is just like like a law, like the law of gravity. Gravity is true for everyone. Well, the, the law of sowing and reaping is true for, for everyone. It doesn't matter really who you are. It's just a universal truth. You reap what you sow 
in life. You reap what you sow in life. If, if you sow to your flesh, if you sow to your sin nature, you're going to reap corruption, it says. You're going to reap decay. You're going to reap death. But if you sow to the Spirit, if you, you live in a way that honors God, you will reap everlasting life. Uh, another verse, Psalm 37, verse 37. It says in Psalm 37, 37, Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. Again, generally speaking, a person who lives a blameless life and who lives an upright life, that word up, upright, it, it literally means straight. They just live a straight life. There's nothing crooked about them. They just live a straight life, an honorable life. You know, they do the right thing. They do what they're supposed to do. It says the future of that person is peace. Just doing the right thing, trying to live a, a, a right life, a straight life, a blameless life. The future of that person is peace. You, you avoid so much heartache and heartbreak and trouble by simply just living an upright life, a moral life. You do the right thing. Again, that's true for a believer or a non-believer. So we're not, we're not necessarily talking about somebody who's born again. Just so you do the right thing in life, generally speaking, you'll have peace in your life. Now, beginning in verse 5, all the way down to verse 18, God gives us an illustration of his point that he's making here in this chapter. And, and for this illustration, he speaks about three generations. First, he speaks about a righteous father who has a wicked son, and then that wicked son has a righteous son. So you've got three generations that he's going to use in this illustration. A righteous father, a wicked son, and then a, a righteous grandson. And by the way, Judah, the kingdom of Judah, actually had this happen among their kings. Hezekiah was a righteous king. His son Manasseh was a wicked king. And then Manasseh's son Josiah was a righteous king. So you had righteous, wicked, righteous. You know, one generation right after the other. And here again, this proverb that people believe that was popular opinion among the people of Judah was that we are suffering because of the sins of our father. Well, he begins here in this illustration by saying, well, what if it's a righteous father? And what he's doing is he is dismantling their proverb. Verse 5, he describes the righteous man. But if a man is just and does what is lawful and right, and now he's going to describe what a, a righteous person looks like, beginning of verse 6. If he has not eaten on the mountains, speaking of idolatry, the worship of idols, they would do it on mountaintops, nor lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, nor defiled his, his neighbor's wife, nor approached a woman during her impurity. If he has not oppressed anyone, but has restored to the debtor his pledge, has robbed no one by violence, but has given his bread to the hungry and covered the naked with clothing. If he has not exacted usury, nor taken any increase or charged interest, but has withdrawn his hand from iniquity and executed true judgment between 
man and, and man, if he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he's just. He shall surely live, says the Lord God. So here, with this first guy, he says he's right toward God and he's right toward his fellow man. He has a right heart towards God. He's not going after idols. And he treats his fellow man righteously, fairly, justly. Right? The two greatest commandments are love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This guy's doing it. He's just. And so, God says, he shall surely live. And again, he's not talking about eternal life here. He's talking about this life, this temporal life. And one of the reasons we know he's not talking about eternal life is because eternal life is not obtained through, through works or doing good deeds or treating people well. Eternal life is by grace, Ephesians 2, by grace you've been saved through faith and not by works. Grace is unearned favor. Salvation cannot be earned by our good works. It's, it's grace through faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. So again, he's talking about in this temporal life, you know, here's a person that has honored God. They haven't worshipped idols. They've walked in God's ways. They've treated their fellow man. They've treated their neighbor righteously and justly. And God says, they're just. So they're going to live. And he's talking about their life here in this world. In fact, the word live in verse 9, it, it means he will have life or he will live prosperously. Today we would say, He's going to have a good life. Right? Again, just generally speaking, I know there's exceptions, but generally speaking, if you, if you do the right thing, you're a good person, you treat people kindly, you treat people fairly, you don't rip people off, you're just, you're righteous, you'll have a good life. Not a trial-free life, but just overall, a good life because he chose to walk in God's ways. You know, God's commandments were not intended to restrict people's joy or people's happiness. You know, I think sometimes, I know sometimes people view God's commands as, as restrictive. You know, God's trying to keep me from being happy and doing the things I want to do. He's trying to hold me back with all of these Rules and he's limiting my joy by all of these commands when actually the opposite is true. God's commands, God's commandments were intended to give people a good life and a happy life. You know, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5 says, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Again, the idea here is you'll, you'll find life. You'll, you'll find a good life if you keep my commands. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40. You shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. He says, if you keep my commandments... It'll go well with you and with your children. <laughs> and you'll live long in the land. It'll just go well with you if you do what I tell you to do. 
Again, people think that the commands restrict us. The commands hold us back. When really God is saying, no, I'm I'm giving you these commands so you can experience a good life, a happy life, so that things will go well with you and with your children, and so that you will prolong your days in the land that I'm, I'm giving you. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Deuteronomy 30, verse 16. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply or increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. God says, if you, if you keep my commands and my statutes and my judgments, again, you hear those words. A lot of people, they hear those words. They hear God say, walk in my ways, keep my commands, keep my statutes, keep my judgments. Think, oh, man, rules, law. And God says, no, no, if you do this, you're going to live, you're going to multiply, you're going to increase, and I'm going to bless you. Right? He's trying to bless us. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. The blessed man. The word blessed there means happy. The happy person is the person who who doesn't listen to ungodly people or ungodly counsel. The happy person delights in the law of the Lord. The happy person sees that the blessed life is found in a life of obedience to God and walking in His ways. And that leads to happiness. Verse, verse 9 again, here he's talking about this righteous man. In verse 9 he says, he's just, so he shall live. And now we come to verse 10, and the son of the righteous man, if he begets a son. <laughs> and the son now is like, the son is like the opposite of his father. I mean, the son's a scoundrel. If he begets a son who is a robber, or a shedder of blood, he's a murderer, who does any of these things and does, not, and does none of those duties, but has eaten on the mountains, he's, he's worshiping idols, or defiled he's, his neighbor's wife, he's committing adultery with his neighbor's wife, if he has oppressed the poor and the needy, he's robbed by violence, not restored the pledge, he's lifted his eyes to the idols, 
or committed abomination, if he has exacted usury or taken increase, so he's taking advantage of people that are in a tight spot financially and he's loaning them money, let's say, but he's charging interest on it because he, he knows he, he's got them and he's got them over a barrel and he can take advantage of them. Shall he then live? He shall not live. If he has done any of these abominations, he shall surely die. His blood shall be upon him. So this righteous father has a wicked son. And in verse 13, the Lord asks, shall this wicked son live? And again, God is showing the fallacy of their proverb in verse 2. Remember, the, the proverb is the children are punished for the sins of the father. Well, what if it's reversed? What if you have a righteous father? If you have a righteous father and a wicked son, is the, is the, if the proverb is true, does that mean that this wicked son shall be blessed because of the righteousness of his father? Shall he live? And the answer is no. He shall not live. He shall surely die, and his blood shall be upon him. Even though he has a righteous father, he shall die. And his blood shall be upon him. By the way, if you're a note taker, the word blood here is it's plural in the Hebrew. So both his own blood and the blood that he shed of other people shall be upon him. Now he goes on with this illustration, verse 14. Now the, the wicked guy has a son and then he has a righteous son. And verse 14, if, however, the wicked guy, he begets a son who sees all the sins which his father has done and considers, but does not do likewise, who has not eaten on the mountains, nor lifted his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, nor defiled his neighbor's wife, nor has not oppressed anyone, nor withheld a pledge, nor robbed by violence, but has given his bread to the hungry and covered the naked, with clothing, who, is with, who has withdrawn his hand from the, the poor and not received usury and increase, but has executed my judgments and walked in my statutes, he shall not die for the iniquity of his father. He shall surely live. As for his father, because he cruelly oppressed, robbed his brother by violence, and did what is not good among his people, behold, he shall die for his iniquity. I love these verses. I love in particular verse 14 and what it says here. And I love these verses because quite often uh, people repeat the same sins as their father. You see, quite often you see a pattern in a family. Maybe there's been a pattern in your own family. I know there's been a pattern in my family where you see the same sin uh, repeated from one generation to the next generation to the next generation in a family. And there's like this cycle that happens in a family where it just goes from one generation to the next. But it says here, this son, he sees all the sins which his father had done and considers, but he does not do likewise. And you know what this tells us? This tells us that a person can choose not to repeat the same sins as his or her parents. 
person can choose not to repeat the same sins as his or her parents. Rather than using his father's sins as an excuse for his own sin and saying, well, my dad was like, I'm just, my dad was, I struggled with the same thing. Rather than making an excuse and using his father's sins as an excuse for his own sin, the son used his father's sin as an example of what not to do. The, the son said, I, I, I don't want to be like my old man. I see what he's doing and I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like him. And here this son, he makes a choice not to follow in his father's footsteps and he breaks the cycle of sin. You can break the cycle of sin in your family. And in some cases, in some families, maybe in your family, there, there was a particular sin or many sins that just were repeated from generation to generation to generation. In my family, on my dad's side of the family, every male before my father was a violent alcoholic. As far back as anybody can remember, they were all violent alcoholics, including my grandfather, my dad's dad. My dad, when he grew up and became a man and married my mom and had children, he decided, I'm not going to drink at all. And for me, growing up, I rarely, rarely ever saw my dad drink alcohol. Occasionally, at like a neighborhood barbecue, he would have a beer. But otherwise, we really didn't have alcohol in my house because my dad grew up in this violent, unstable home because of alcohol, and he made the choice, I'm not going to drink. And he was the first male in our family to not be a full-blown drunk. It's just like the son in verse 14. He, he sees the sins of his father, and he chooses not to do likewise. That's good news. We're, we're, not, we're not doomed to repeat the same sins as our parents. It doesn't have to continue on from generation to generation. We're not stuck in some cycle that we can't break, especially because of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ has set us free from the power of sin through the cross. He has set us free from the bondage and dominion of sin over our lives. And we are new creations in Christ. The old things pass away. Everything's made new. Jesus Christ sets us free by the power of the cross. So now in verse 17, again, God says, the son shall not die for the iniquity of his own father. He shall surely live. Verse 18, as for his father, because he cruelly oppressed, robbed his brother by violence, and did what is not good among his people. Behold, he shall die for his iniquity. The, the righteous son shall not suffer because of the sins of his wicked father, and neither shall the righteousness of the son justify the wicked father. Right? The father is not justified because he's got a great kid. And the kid's not condemned because he's got a wicked father. Each person has personal responsibility for his own life. He has 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.